Local, state, and national leaders react to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The three men convicted of killing Ahmad Arbery are found guilty on federal hate crimes charges, and the GBI is investigating an officer-involved shooting that left four people injured in Evans County. I've got those stories and more in this week's episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war, and now he and his country will bear the consequences. That's President Joe Biden on Thursday, February 24th, hours after Russia launched a wide-ranging attack on Ukraine. Russia launched airstrikes on Ukrainian cities and sent troops and tanks throughout the country. Ukrainian officials said Russian troops had taken over the decommissioned Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Stateside, President Biden announced new sanctions against Russia. Those sanctions will target four of Russia's largest banks and will impose new export controls. Here's President Biden during an address to the nation. Today, I'm authorizing additional strong sanctions and new limitations on what can be exported to Russia. This is going to impose severe costs on the Russian economy, both immediately and over time. We have purposefully designed these sanctions to maximize the long-term impact on Russia and to minimize the impact on the United States and our allies. We will limit Russia's ability to do business in dollars, euros, pounds, and yen to be part of the global economy. We'll limit their ability to do that. We're going to stunt the ability of, to finance and grow Rus- the, the Russian military. We're going to impose major, and we're going to impair their ability to compete in high-tech 21st century economy. We've already seen the impact of our actions on Russia's currency and the ruble, which early today hit its weakest level ever, ever in history. The Russia stock market plunged today. Biden said he will not send American forces into Ukraine, but weapons and ammunition will be sent to support the Ukrainian military. The Pentagon says around 7,000 American troops will be deployed to Europe in the coming days, including some from the 1st Armored Brigade Combat Team of the 3rd Infantry Division based at Fort Stewart. The 165th Airlift Wing of the Georgia Air National Guard based out of Savannah was deployed to Europe last week with no timetable on how long they'll be overseas. The invasion of Ukraine was topic number one on the mind of Georgia Governor Brian Kemp in Savannah on Thursday, February 24th at the State of the Port Address. Governor Kemp led the audience in a moment of silence for those in Ukraine. The governor also acknowledged the potential global trade impact on the state's ports. Kemp says the priority would be keeping the supply chain flowing for Georgia and others the state supplies. Well, look, we've done state of emergencies in the past to help our logistics and our supply chain. We have one currently in place. We're, we're looking at all those things. We will use any option that we have to keep commerce moving through our state. I don't know what that would be yet, but we're staying ready. We've got a great team monitoring that. And uh, certainly would ask all Georgians to have our men and women in the military and those that are serving overseas or even just moving supplies to the region uh, to be helpful, uh, to keep them in your thoughts and prayers. You can see much more reaction on the Ukraine crisis from local and state leaders at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Also, WTOC's Mariah Congito spoke with a Savannah woman whose family lives in Ukraine. You can find the link to that story in the description of this podcast episode. I give all glory to God, and we got justice for a mark. We got in the federal and the state. Come on. 
That's Marcus Arbery Sr., the father of Ahmad Arbery, outside a federal courthouse in Glenn County after the three men convicted of killing his son in February 2020 were found guilty on federal hate crimes charges. Those three men, Travis McMichael, Greg McMichael, and William Ronnie Bryan, are already serving life sentences after being convicted in the state-level murder case. On Tuesday, February 22nd, just one day shy of the two-year anniversary of Arbery's death, the jury returned guilty verdicts on all counts for all three men. Travis and Gregory McMichael were found guilty on charges of interference of rights, attempted kidnapping, and the use of a firearm during a violent crime, while Brian was found guilty on interference of rights and attempted kidnapping charges. WTOC Sean Evans was in Brunswick for the duration of the federal trial. Here's his report from Tuesday as the family reacted to the news. There's a lot of emotion from them inside and outside the courtroom today. The outcome of this trial, bittersweet though, as Ahmad Arbery's mother said outside the courthouse that the family will never truly have a victory because Ahmad is gone forever. Wanda Cooper Jones also made a point to revisit the fact that even before the trial started, the Department of Justice wanted to accept plea deals with Greg and Travis McMichael, something she and other family members rejected as soon as they learned the offer was on the table. What we got today, we wouldn't have gotten today if it wasn't for the fight that the family What the DOJ did today, they was made to do today. Come on. Right. It wasn't because what they wanted to do. Taxpayers. They were made to do their Come job on. today. The family of Ahmaud Arbery and their advocates have noted several times over the course of the trial the toll it's taken on them. And on the jury, last week, a juror asked the court about counseling resources. And today, as each juror was asked if their verdict was accurate, one juror was noticeably emotional, wiping a tear from his eye after answering the judge. Cooper Jones says she was grateful for the juror's efforts. I'm very thankful that a, a good jury was selected. I wasn't worried at all that we wouldn't. I knew Ahmad's hands was in this from the very beginning. Amen. The way Ahmad left here, I knew that we would get victory on, on the state level and in the federal level. I knew, I knew that from day one. Travis and Greg McMichael and Ronnie Bryan now have until Tuesday, March 8th, to file post-trial motions, including a motion for a new trial. No sentencing date has been set, but once the three men learn their punishment, they'll have two weeks from that date to file an appeal. Four people were injured in an officer-involved shooting in Evans County on the night of Wednesday, February 23rd. Preliminary info from the GBI says law enforcement was called to a scene on Ruffin Road in Claxton around 7.30 p.m., where Evans County deputies found one man who had been shot. Deputies then began to search for the shooter. The GBI says while law enforcement was on the scene, another man and a woman arrived to check on family members possibly involved in the shooting. That's when the shooting suspect, 41-year-old Paul Eason, started firing at the car those two people were in. Officers with the Evans County Sheriff's Office and Claxton Police then shot Eason. Eason and the three other people shot were transported to a hospital. The GBI has taken over that investigation. Thursday, February 24th, marked three years since the boat crash that killed Mallory Beach and launched the months-long saga of the Murdoch family in South Carolina. 
Here's WTOC's Max Deaknight on what has come out of that fatal crash three years ago. All of the surviving passengers from that crash are now suing the Murdoch family. We have more on that in a second. Just to recap, Paul Murdoch was facing three felony counts, including boating under the influence, resulting in Beach's death. Beach just 19 years old at the time. But those charges were dropped after he and his mother Maggie were gunned down last June. Take a listen to some of the audio we obtained from the South Carolina DNR from the night of the boat crash. Paul, what bridge is this? Oh, what? 911, where's your emergency? We're in a boat crash on Arthur Creek. Okay. We have someone missing. You just heard from Connor Cook, who you can see in this video, one of the teens who was on the boat that night. This is surveillance video of the six teens approaching the boat, and now you're looking at photos from after the crash. Beach, who again was just 19 at the time, went overboard and never resurfaced. Her body was found a week later by another boater a few miles away. There are five active lawsuits against the people on board the boat that night. The Beach family sued the Murdochs in March of 2019, just a month after the crash. Passenger Connor Cook filed suit in September of last year, and his cousin Anthony sued in December. Then, just last week, passengers Morgan Doughty and Miley Altman also sued the Murdochs over their injuries related to the crash. You can keep up with the latest in the Murdoch case at the Murdoch case page at WTOC.com. You'll find the link in the description of this podcast episode. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.